Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. Ironically, while Delaware Cannabis Advocacy Network and uh, Delaware Normal, the local chapter of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, are rallying to legalize weed tomorrow at the same time I'll be at the Ascension Church in Claymont dedicating the Claymont Christmas weed. However, they're two different weeds. Zoe Patchell is on the phone right now from the Delaware Cannabis Advocacy Network, Delaware Can, for Legalized Cannabis Day tomorrow. Zoe, nice to hear from you again. Thank you so much for having us back on, Rick. Always. You can, you've been fighting this fight for how many years now? Well, I've been an activist now for almost 12 years, and we've been fighting this fight here in Delaware for going on nine years, almost a full decade. And uh, yet I know this has been going on really for at least uh, 30 years or so. I remember William F. Buckley Jr., who is uh, really one of the great advocates for conservatism here in this country. Back in the late 1970s, I saw him twice, and each time was at college's and he was asked about weed, and he said, legalize it, tax it. It's not nearly as problematic as alcohol. And here we are today now with studies that actually prove what he had said back in, like, 1977 and 1978, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the research shows that cannabis is objectively safer than alcohol. Uh, you know, tens of thousands of people die from direct overdoses from alcohol every single year so alcohol poisoning drinking too much alcohol um but also people die from actual the withdrawal from being addicted to alcohol while the dea uh department of justice reports that no deaths have ever occurred from cannabis um and also uh 37 percent of sexual assaults almost 50 percent of homicides and violent offenses and a significant amount of domestic violence occur as a result of alcohol where cannabis isn't associated with violent or nonviolent injuries requiring hospitalization. I think everybody pretty much knows if you smoke a joint, you're going to chill out. You're not going to be fighting people and you sure, isn't, sure aren't going to be assaulting um, anybody. No, no. Um, usually, usually, usually people I, I've known who get high, they're like, yo, don't harsh my mellow man. Hey, peace out. Yeah, it's, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, when we talk to law enforcement, they'll tell you the same thing, that when they go to domestic calls, when they go to, you know, different kinds of violent offenses, um, you know, throughout the state, that more than likely it'll either be alcohol or another drug and certainly not cannabis, including DUIs. If you talk to, um, you know, local law enforcement, of course, not the heads of the departments, but the the officers on the streets that are, uh, you know, attending to these calls, They'll tell you that cannabis is not associated with these domestic events and these violent occurrences happening throughout the state of Delaware. Hey, speaking um, of... Well, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Zoe. Oh, I was just going to say, however, though, um, you know, cannabis prohibition, it, you know, comes with all the same inherent harms and failures as alcohol prohibition. So prohibition is creating crime and violence, um, you know, throughout the state of Delaware. And, you know, a lot of the crime and violence that's created is actually criminals that are deciding to rob nonviolent cannabis providers because they see them as an easy target for a robbery or yeah. a home invasion. 
I mean, there was actually a case in the news just um, within the last few weeks, and they're seen as an easy target because, one, it's illegal, and the person is likely to keep, you know, cash and cannabis in the home. Um, they're also unlikely to call the cops um, after the, um, you know, robbery or home invasion because of the illegal nature uh, involving, you know, selling the cannabis. And then they're also unlikely to get retribution or revenge. So people are actually getting shot and murdered during these robberies all over the state. Um, and like I said, there was a recent case in the news just um, not too long ago. So it's creating a public safety hazard within our communities. Well, there are a lot, mean, of, a lot also, of police I've talked to uh, who said, you know, they, they'd rather not have to go and chase people down for smoking weed. It puts them in another con- confrontational situation, potentially dangerous. But in, when talking about the, uh, this and the police and such, I know AAA, for example, uh, nationwide has been against the legalization saying, oh, well, there's no way to tell if anybody is under the influence and such. And I remember reading the story about this pot breathalyzer just like you know, two or three years ago. Do you have any knowledge as to uh, where that is now in the development of a pot breathalyzer determining how much THC somebody has in their system and whether or not it's affecting them? Yeah, um, so there's nothing, um, you know, that's been marketed just yet. There's a lot of, um, you know, different kind of prototypes and uh, things that are being tested right now. But the fact of the matter is is that we have 18 cannabis. Oh, you just, you just, uh, you just... You just uh, cut out for a second there. We have, we have. You were saying we have eighteen. Oh, can you hear me now? Sorry I can. About that. That's cool. Okay, we have eighteen states that have already legalized cannabis for adults twenty-one and older, and the research is not showing any kind of increased DUI. The other fact of the matter is that we have um, over eighteen percent of the Delaware. Uh, adult population that already consumes cannabis here in the state of Delaware. Um, And that number has increased significantly over the last several years, but there's no increased DUI accidents or anything like that. Um, You know, if these problems were occurring, we would already see them in the Delaware news. We would already see them occurring here in the state of Delaware because cannabis prohibition doesn't reduce the use, supply, or demand of cannabis. Yeah, so it really doesn't, even of- even with kids, Zoe. No, I was reading in Colorado, for example, uh, there was a report saying that there are more and more people showing up test, uh, positive for THC, uh, active ingredient marijuana, in car accidents. And the detail from the sheriff's uh, offices was that, yeah, people are at, actually admitting it now, whereas they were not admitting it before because it was legal. But on that, to- on that uh, topic... Rick in Pike Creek wants to ask a question and make a statement about this. Rick, say hi to Zoe. Hey, Zoe. Uh, I, I think it should be legalized, but not until they have a definitive test that will hold up in court that can, Rick, can tell me, just like you guys were talking about, if you're under the influence of marijuana or not. Uh, we're losing out on a lot of taxes, uh, we can, and then we can really, really spank jail the deals and stuff go after them big time if it's legal. That's just like bootlegging, you know. But uh, I'm not. I can't go for it until we can road uh, breathalyze somebody like you guys were saying. And I can't believe there's not some genius out there that can't uh, invent 
design a machine that you can do that, Rick. Even, well, see, even if you had to pull a hair follicle, stick it in, a, uh, just like they do with cocaine and stuff, they drop it into a little water, and if it turns a certain color, you're above a certain percentage, which means you're over the limit. All right, let me start. Let me start off with this, Rick. Before we get to Zoe on this, so yes, you can see if somebody has used cocaine or other uh, drugs with a hair yes. follicle, but you cannot yes. tell if they're actually impaired at the time Correct. that they do that. And here's the thing: there's very little agreement on what actually constitutes impairment. So I want to get oh, to wow. yeah, but I want to get well. It's like alcohol. You know, somebody can can blow a 1.0. And they're not actually really truly impaired. I mean, they have their better faculties, their reactions are good, things like that. So we do have an agreement of, you know, 0 0.08 is, uh, yeah. is impaired, but that doesn't necessarily mean, mean somebody is actually impaired. It's just a number that they've no, chosen to use. But if you, do, if you do get in an accident or something and you do come up below the legal limit, I think you can still be charged with something. People have been charged and convicted uh, of impairment when they blew a point zero two, uh, And yeah. I remember a case here in Delaware that I did. Well, let me get to Zoe on this, okay? Good point. Thank you, Rick. Uh, thank you very much. Merry All right. Christmas. All right, uh, and Merry Christmas. Uh, Zoe, so we don't have a, uh, a pot breathalyzer yet on the market that can determine impairment, but Police already have a way to determine if somebody's impaired from whether it's marijuana or opioids or, or anything, don't they? Yes, absolutely. Here in the state of Delaware, you know, and across the country, they don't have a breathalyzer test. But here in the state of Delaware, they already test people um, when they're pulled over for a DUI. Um, they can determine if that person is under the influence. We have well-trained, experienced officers who have pulled, like, standardized field sobriety tests and blood tests. To detect an individual driving under the influence and it's the same way that it works for alcohol um so first of all the, the law enforcement officer would have to you know observe some kind of impairment on the road and then pull that car over um and then the same way that they would um you know scrutinize a person um who might be under the influence of, of alcohol they're going to run the same field sobriety test um and whatnot to determine if that person's under the influence and actually in 2015 the delaware office of highway safety uh funded travel for multiple drug recognition officers um with taxpayer dollars to attend a training that was called green lab um and it was actually um the delaware office of highway safety's um drug recognition expert program sent officers out to colorado um, that participated in a training program where they actually had people consume on site because it's legal in Colorado, and then officers interact with those individuals um, to gain the experience to, to determine if a person's under the influence. So then once the officer determines that a person's under the influence, um, you know, they can uh, ask for a blood draw. And just with alcohol, pro or with alcohol um, a person can refuse that. And if a person refuses that, then... Um, you know, the officer can go to a judge to get a warrant for a blood draw. And here in the state of Delaware, they're testing the blood for active versus inactive cannabinoids um, in nanograms. So really? it's tested down to the nanogram. So they can tell based on that test if a person had cannabis in their system and if that person was under the influence at the time. This is all happening in the state of Delaware. And I just want to say that, um, you know, it's, it's actually... 
um, irresponsible to claim that Delaware doesn't have tests to determine if somebody is under the influence, because if a cannabis UI does happen in Delaware, and they do happen, um, but, you know, not accidents per se, but people are being pulled over and charged with driving under the influence of cannabis. And when those cases go to trial, when the Department of Justice prosecutes those cases and they select a jury of 12, but the jury of 12 have heard in the media from opponents um, who want to stall this measure that there are no tests and that people can't or that law enforcement can't determine if a person's under the influence. But then the officer gets up there and says, yes, he did determine if that person was under the influence, you know, with all this media coming out saying that there's no test. Maybe the jury's going to believe that the law enforcement officer didn't know if that person was under the influence and find that person not guilty instead of convicting them uh, for driving under the influence. So I think it's really irresponsible to claim that there's no way Delaware officers can test for DUI in cannabis. Uh, so, so help me understand this. Uh, Zoe Patchell from Delaware Cannabis Advocacy Network. Um, so, of course, just like blood alcohol content, go to a judge, get a blood draw. For how many days on average is the THC actually active in a bloodstream? Well, see, that's one of the problems that has been impeding the breathalyzer test because um, it can, uh, THC can remain active in your system for up to 30 days. But, um, you know, they have what the Delaware test determined is if it's active versus inactive. Um, so a lot of these cannabinoids, after a certain amount of days, they're going to become inactive, but then it tests down to the nanogram. So if you have a very low amount in your system, then, you know, maybe it was like a few days ago, or if there's inactive or lower amounts of nanograms, perhaps you smoked last night um, or, you know, before the, the offense occurred. Um, whereas if you have a higher metabolized rate, if you have higher uh, nanograms in your system, then it can prove that you're under the influence at the time um, that the offense occurred. Wow. So we know legally with blood alcohols, you know, 0.08% now is uh, is the legal limit. Is there a legal limit of this, uh, you know, nanograms of the metabolic, metabolical rate? Um, there has been arbitrary limits. And you cut out again. Um, there's actually <laughs> been recent um, cases, uh, both in Colorado, I think in California, where they determined that they're not going to set an arbitrary limit, that it's going to be based on uh, the observation if a person is determined to be under the influence and acting in a manner that's under the influence, coupled with um, the factors of, you know, the blood test and whatnot. So there's states that have legalized and have been legal for almost a whole decade now that are saying we don't need these arbitrary per se limits. Um, and you know, that they're, they're not setting these per se limits. No, people, need to, people need to remember, we did not have a breathalyzer for alcohol when alcohol was, was you know, released from prohibition. You know, that came from the free market right now. You have companies already developing these things for cannabis, because, like Zoe said, 18 states, was it like 18 and D.C. have now at least decriminalized uh, marijuana? 18 states plus D.C. have now legalized. So decriminalization is much different. That's kind of it what is. we have here in Delaware. Yeah. Um, and we're still feel, seeing, you know, 127% increase in enforcement. Um, you know, over 100 people a week are still having cannabis offenses. 
So it's not decriminalized. It's legal, completely legal, including across the bridge in New Jersey. I mean, you, you can see the state from, from our state, and it's completely legal over there. Um, and that's the other thing. You know, if people uh, claim that there's, you know, DUIs, like, why aren't we seeing them already? It's already an offense here in the state of Delaware. It's illegal to drive under the influence, whether it's alcohol, cannabis, or other drugs. Right. And that's the other part of it is that, um, you know, there's a lot of other, um, you know, pharmaceutically legal drugs that people take that don't have a breathalyzer. Um, and people are taking them, and they're much more harmful um, for people operating uh, a car or heavy machinery. No, I, I agree. So, Percocet or Xanax. So, Zoe. No breathalyzer for those. No, of course not. So, Zoe, uh, what state has, or what state or states have the most wide open freedom for marijuana where you can grow your own and all kinds of stuff? Yeah, so, well, the best states in the entire country um, would be Colorado and Oregon. Um, you know, or, or Colorado was one of the first states that legalized back in uh, 2012, and, you know, they've had, like I said, almost a decade. Um, so, so Zoe, Zoe, people in Colorado can grow their own? Is there a maximum of, like, yeah, one or people, three? Yeah. I, I've heard I in California they can they plant. can grow their own too up up to like one or three plants I forget which but they've taxed it so heavily that the black market thrives. Yeah, so that that's the issue is that you know Colorado and Oregon you know did it right they didn't overregulate it they didn't overtax it because you know when you have this demographic that already consumes cannabis here in the state of Delaware and already creates the demand for it. Um, you know, you can't overtax it because they're already everybody's already getting their cannabis from somewhere. If it, if it's overtaxed or overregulated, then the consumers aren't going to use the legal market. So, you know, in order for this to work, um, it has to be done, you know, with reasonable regulations and reasonable taxes. Um, you know, uh, otherwise, you, otherwise you create a black market. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a repeal day rally uh, going on tomorrow. Uh, where is it? it got two of them. Uh, let's see. Uh, the first one's at Rodney Square in Wilmington. What time? Yes. Uh, so Wilmington, Rodney Square at 10.30 a.m. And then the second rally is going to be um, for Hobbit Beach, um, right on the boardwalk, for Hobbit Ave and the boardwalk at 3.30 p.m. And we also have an after party at the pond after the Rehoboth March. Um, and we have... Uh, an amazing lineup of community leaders and uh, activists that are coming to speak at our rally, um, including Laura Scherer of Delaware Normal, Andrew Brown Clark of our organization. We have um, Pastor Lyle Dykstra from the Coalition to Dismantle the New Jim Crow, Attorney Tom Donovan, and Attorney Adam Wendett. Um, I'm going to stop you right there because you had a lot of people. There's like 20 or 30 people there uh, that people can listen to. And I know Producer Randy has a question or a comment real quick. Yeah, Randy. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure if you were aware you were talking about other states that are uh, marijuana-friendly. Maine is actually quite marijuana-friendly. According to uh, Normal, you can have um, two and a half ounces of pot, and you can also uh, cultivate up to three flowering marijuana plants. Wow, that's awesome. All right, uh, tomorrow again in Wilmington, it's going to be at, well, let me say this. For those of you who are smoking right now, Rodney Square, Wilmington. <laughs> not laughing. <laughs> Zoe's not laughing at all. All right. Uh, Rodney Square, Wilmington at 1030 in the morning. And then the second half of the show, uh, the rally is going to be Rehoboth at 330 on the boardwalk. Zoe Patchell. 
Thank you so much for having us on again, Rick. No, thanks so much. I I appreciate it. Of Delcan, the Cannabis Advocacy Network. Hang on. More with Rick Jensen is just ahead on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL.